Justice, Demand Judd, the injury, accident, professionals, first class service, Judd gets it done, maximum compensation's our goal, see JudshawInjuryLaw.com, Demand Judd Shaw, Injury Law, 732 Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 64. Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Cross podcast. I'm Greg Giambarisi. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by Judge Shaw Injury Law. We understand the toll that injuries take on families, and we're here to help. For a free consultation, call 1-866-909-6894. Visit JudgeShawInjuryLaw.com. It's Judd with two Ds, ShawInjuryLaw.com. We talked to Blue Claws pitcher Gunnar Mayer on Tuesday. He pitched Wednesday. You're hearing this after the start uh, in Greensboro from earlier this week. But Gunnar will be back on the mound when the Blue Claws return home next week. So Greensboro and Hickory, two weeks on the road, and then home to play the Wilmington Blue Rocks beginning on Tuesday night at Shortown Ballpark. We'll preview that homestand coming up in a bit, but we want to get you right to the interview and that's with Gunnar Mayer, who's the fifth-round pick of the Phillies back in 2019. He had done one year at a junior college before uh, being drafted in that fifth round, and he makes his way to the shore for the first time in his career this season. So without further ado, Blue Claw's right-handed pitcher, Gunnar Mayer. Our guest, Blue Claw's right-hander, Gunnar Mayer, who will pitch. We're recording this on Tuesday the 9th. He'll pitch the morning game in Greensboro. On Wednesday, the 10th, Gunner joins us from Greensboro. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. So four starts Good. in. Uh, how do you feel so far? I feel great. I mean, I'm happy to be here. It's, uh, it's a lot better than Florida being up in Jersey. Um, new atmosphere. It's a lot more fun with the team. So I've been liking it so far. Um, so you've made uh, you made the, the four starts. Uh, you pitched last week in Hickory, uh, your first start on the trip. How do you feel you've progressed um, with the stuff and, and with everything from uh, start one to start four? Yeah, I feel like, um, I mean, all four pitches have been um, getting to a point where I can use them more often in the games, and I feel like it's been a huge weapon for me. Um, last year I had pretty much just three pitches in rotation without my changeup being a weapon, but I feel like um, being able to locate that pitch a lot more, it's been helping me a lot with uh, the start of this year. So uh, we talked – when you got up here um, and you have, you have kind of a relatively new cutter, right? Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also throwing that cutter last year. It was more of a slider, uh, more break, um, less below this year. I'm trying to work on having just like a sharper cutter with a little more below. So it plays off my fastball a little more. Do you throw that instead of the slider or in addition? Yeah. I throw it instead of the slider now. So it's just, just cutter. All right. So what types of hitters will you throw that to lefties and run it in on the hands? Is it a pitch that you'll throw on righties as well? It's actually, yeah, both both uh, hitters. I throw a little into lefties, maybe get on their back foot a little bit, and then to righties, I'll just kind of start at their front hip and have it come in for, into the zone. It's a pitch that it seems the Phillies have tried to add to the arsenal of a lot of the right-handed pitchers, uh, especially at the at the minors. So are you able to kind of watch other guys do it and kind of pick up on um, you know some some other pitchers, be it a grip thing, a release point, whatever, and, and try to – you know, work off other guys. Who have you watched? 
Yeah, I mean, I've watched pretty much everybody. I can't really pick any names, but there's yeah, there's a lot of guys like you said throwing the cutter now. So there's just a lot of a lot of different guys to like chit chat with and tweak stuff and try. To, yeah, mostly it's just arm angle and just try to throw like a fastball. So fastball, curveball, the cutter, and the and the changeup. Now, how how far has the changeup come for you from last year when you were in Florida? It's been huge. The changeup's kind of been tough to to locate last year. I was having trouble like throwing it in the zone, filling up the zone with it. But this year, I've been finding the zone with it, getting swings over it. And if it is contact, it's good contact. So it's been huge for me. What have you learned working with uh, with Phil Kandari and, and Brady Lale? Oh, they're awesome. They just they keep their composure through the game with uh, like good or bad. I mean, they come out there and keep you calm. They're good. So, you know, you pitched, uh, you know, you drafted back in, in 19, uh, and then you, you know, you lose the, the COVID year. Where have you, where do you think have you, you've made the most strides, um, as a pitcher in the, in the, since the COVID year? Yeah, for sure. I feel like, um, I feel like it's honestly, uh, kind of an off field thing after outings. Um, I feel like I've gotten a lot better with understanding what is, uh, successful outing, I guess, and the not successful outing. I mean, I've had struggles early innings, like last outing, uh, two runs in the first inning. But I've been really proud of myself with coming out of that in the next few innings and putting up zeros and, and stay, keeping my composure throughout. So the um, how is the – when you got drafted by the Phillies, they had a different administration. Um Yeah. New guys have come in, new coordinators, new pitching coaches. You know, obviously, Phil just joined the system. Um, what have has what the Phillies have stressed to you, and stress to the pitchers in general changed over the last couple of seasons? Um, yeah, I mean it has changed. Um, it's nothing drastic, but I think it's changed a little bit in terms of um, it's just more it's more laid back at the complex, at least for spring training and stuff. Um, I feel like the guys are starting to like it a little more around the complex and even at the affiliates. So I feel like it's just been a big, not a big change, but I feel like guys have been more comfortable here. You guys seem loose. Just what being, having been in clubhouses for a, a number of years, it seems like a pretty loose, loose group. Yeah. Yeah. We said like one thing before the year is we want to have like a good, a good team chemistry. So we're, we're trying to have some fun in the clubhouse. Uh. So Bulls, the manager, you met, you played for Marty uh, last year, who's a little more fiery. Um, Marty's more fiery than pretty much anybody. But what uh, what's the difference going from a guy like Marty to a, to a more laid back um, guy like Bull? Not to say that both styles don't work; they're just different types of managers. Yeah, no, I mean they're definitely different types of managers. I feel like you just got to kind of stick with your game. Um, no matter who the manager is and play your own game, they'll figure out their manager stuff. But um, yeah, no, I think Bull's great. I think I love Marty too. So I'm just here for the year. So, all right. So last year um, with the Threshers, uh, you did give up 10 homers in, in 48 innings. Is that, mm-hmm. is that something that the Phillies had talked to you about, you know, this year you keep the ball down or you're throwing a, a two seamer, you know, how, how do you try to combat that? Yeah, they never really, they never told me, anything about the home runs I'm, I'm aware of the home runs but um i don't think it's really something i should be worried about right now um i'm just gonna keep pitching and just see what i can do yeah and try and uh, you know 
try to keep the ball down. So you get drafted in 2019. When you got drafted, you're only 18 years old, and you had pitched a year at uh, at, a, at a JUCO, so very young. I mean, you were as young mm-hmm. as a high school draftee, even though you had the the collegiate um, experience. So, uh, what was the JUCO experience like when you were obviously one of the younger players in the in the conference? Yeah, I had a I had a great time at JUCO. Actually, it was it was gritty, but it was it was um, I think it was worth it. Um, it was good for my experience and my journey through baseball. It t- taught me a lot. Um, it actually taught me a lot of aspects about pro ball. So um, I'm grateful that I went that route, and I think I learned a lot of good things from Juco. And San Joaquin Delta, they put guys in affiliated ball in the in the big leagues. That's a that's a pretty productive program, correct? Yeah, like last ten years, I think we have a good amount of guys. I'm not sure the, the exact number, but I think it's a good amount of guys. So when you came out of high school, were, were you considering a, a four-year traditional school? Or what attracted you to the JUCO opportunity? Yeah, I had a couple offers at a high school. Um, wasn't I didn't really like them too much, so I wanted to go to JUCO to try to um, get more options. And then I started pitching well, and then the um, MLB scouts started coming. And then after that, then I just started – I kept pitching, and then it, it worked out for me. Did you go to JUCO thinking that – it would lead to a spot at a four-year division one opportunity as opposed to being, you know, obviously you're draftable after your first year at a JUCO. Yeah, no, I, when I went into JUCO, I, I didn't really think about pro ball at all in the start. And then um, like first few scouts and I was like, Oh, maybe this is a thing. So I just kept my head down and just kept working. And obviously it worked out because you went all the way up in uh, in round number five there. So were the Phillies one of the teams that, that were by a lot when the draft came by? You know, if, if I said, hey, who do you think is going to take you? Would you have said the Phillies or was it uh, or did they kind of fly under the radar? It was it was pretty known. I was talking with the scout Joey Davis from the Phillies at the time quite a bit. So I was I was pretty, pretty uh, confident, but still didn't know at all until the exact moment. So Joey Davis has been around for a while with the Phillies. Yeah. And uh, he signed a, n- a number of guys. Like, I know he signed Reese Hoskins, and he has that ca- Northern California, Nevada. He probably signed – I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is he signed Brock Stassi too. You're the, the yes, he did. Cur- we talked about that coach. earlier. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. So um, how would you, w- um, you connect with him, and how did he help you through the process? Uh, are you talking about Joey? Yeah, Joey. Yeah, no, I, I connected with him, like, early in my JUCO year. Um he always he kind of had a spark to him that other scouts didn't have, but so I, that's what I liked about him. But um, yeah, no, he would always just stay in contact with me like every week with texts, calls. So I really, I mean, I liked him a lot. So I think that it was going to work out with him. Uh, he also signed among guys that played for the Blue Claws. Uh, people may remember Drew Anderson, who's a pitcher. Uh, Andrew Knapp was a catcher out of Cal and and Brock and uh, Reese Hoskins, and there were. Uh, there were several others. Joey won the Phillies uh, Dallas Green Award for their best uh, for their top scout uh, a number of years ago. He has that the Northern California, Nevada, maybe Oregon to uh, territory for the Phillies. And he's been with them for uh, for for a very long time. Um, so the COVID year comes, and you know that 2020 year was going to be an important year in your development your first full professional season and it, and it gets wiped out how did you stay sharp um what kinds of things did you do back home uh to kind of stay ready stay loose and stay active during the COVID shutdown 
Yeah, it was it was tough. I mean, we got sent home um, in the 2020 spring training. And they, I mean, they kind of just told us, keep your head up. Like, you never know when we'll get the call back. Mm-hmm. So we go home thinking, I don't know, maybe two months, three months. But it was ended up being the whole year. So that was kind of a letdown. But, I mean, you just got to kind of keep your head down and have a longer offseason. That was my mindset. It's, I mean, it's going to be at home for a long time. But we just got to keep keep the arm healthy and keep moving. What kinds of what kind of throwing did were you able to do? Yeah, I mean, I would just long toss, just the normal offseason stuff. I would get into games when I was ready and when other people had the chance to get into games because of COVID and stuff. It was just like what like kind recreational of games? games, like just like live live BPs of defense. I mean, it wasn't like umpires or anything, but yeah, yeah, yeah just stuff like that to get the like game speed still around. Were there other Phillies players in the in the? Walnut Creek area? Uh, no, I think I'm the only one. I mean, every offseason I try to find – there's a – actually, Dom Pipkin. You know Dom Pipkin. But, um, sure. He's he's about 45 minutes from me, so mm-hmm. he's close. He's probably the closest one. Yeah, he's up by Berkeley-ish, Pinole, I think. Yeah, around that area. Pinole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pinole, yeah. So, yeah, Walnut Creek, for those that don't know, is a little east of uh, east of Berkeley, east of – San Francisco up there in uh, in Northern California. Were you, a, yeah, were you a big Giant fan or A's fan? Yeah. I was Giants? growing up, I was a Giants fan, yeah. Who were some of the guys you like to watch? Oh, I mean, Barry Bonds when I was really young. That was obviously amazing to see. I liked Aubrey Huff a lot. Two months to come. Yeah, because Barry Bonds had the – well, the 98 year, you weren't even born yet. No, and, I wasn't uh, born. It, it was after All right, that, not, yeah. uh, not 98. Um Oh, four was this huge. That yeah, you were, yep. you were three. I was there. Turn mm-hmm. four. Yep. Did you go to a lot of games? I did go to a lot of games when I was younger. Yeah, I, I actually went to a lot of A's games too, just because of the the pricing. But um, I was more yeah. of a Giants fan. Yeah. Uh, the A's are going to move. Is that like back home? Is that um, what's been the reaction back home to the news that they're going to go to Las Vegas? Um, a lot of the people back home that I've heard, they actually think it's it's a good thing for them because I mean they've been getting like two thousand fans at their big like their big league games. So I mean, I think it'll be good for the A's to move to Vegas, which they will do at some point. Nobody even knows when, but within the next uh, yeah. couple of years, they might even go early and play where their Triple A team is playing. I read that somewhere. So oh, okay, um, yeah. So so we'll see because they have a beautiful Triple A stadium uh, that that's relatively new actually in uh, the suburb there, but they're building this the one. Um, they're building the one downtown coming up uh, pretty soon. Back to the podcast in a second. Since 1986, Rich Green Lawns has been the leading lawn fertilization company of the Jersey Shore, providing lawn fertilization, bed weed control, tick and mosquito control, as well as tree and shrub programs. Mention this ad and save 50% off your first lawn application. Call or text us today at 732-370-5963, 732-370-5963, or richgreenlawns.com. And when shopping for appliances, electronics, and mattresses, you want a local hometown team that you can trust. That's PC Richard & Son. PC Richard & Son is a friendly and knowledgeable sales team, installations and repair service you can trust, and the guaranteed lowest prices. So get to PC Richard & Son today. Shop smart, shop local, shop PC Richard & Son. All right, so you're pitching tomorrow. I know it's a, it's a morning game, so it's a little different. What's your game day routine? Let's say at a night game. Uh, What's kind of your game day routine? Wake up, you know, go take a walk, get some coffee. What what, what do you try to do uh, when you you know for that before that start? Yeah, if it's like a night game, I'll wake up 
normal time, probably 10, 10 o'clock, um, get to the field. We're taping um, this at 10. I hope you didn't wake up early for this. Oh, I woke up early, a little bit early. <laughs> no, but we're, um, yeah, we're good. But uh, yeah, I wake up and then catch the bus, get some breakfast, probably at the, most likely, likely at the field. Um, and then just kind of chill with the team until, until I get stretching around. I mean, I, I sit in the clubhouse quite a bit before the game, but um, I think that's a good good area to kind of put me up and put me with the guys. So, Do you like to get there early-ish before your start, or do you do you like to come a little bit later? I mean, it's not like early, but it's not late. I mean, I get there at about probably 3 o'clock for a, a, six, a 6 o'clock start, so I got three hour, a good three hours at the clubhouse before, and then I start stretching probably an hour and a half before the game. So you're pitching um, the second game of the series tomorrow against Greensboro. Mm-hmm. We're, again, we're taping this on Tuesday. Uh, Gunner's going to pitch the Wednesday morning game. But you've already uh, seen Greensboro, so it's a little bit of a different situation. But, you know, let's say you're pitching later in the week. Um, for example, next week you guys will play Wilmington, and that'll be the first time you see them this year. What kinds of things do you look for, and how do you, do you watch the other games in the series before your start um, a certain way to try to pick up some stuff on the hitters. How, how do you prepare from a scouting standpoint? Yeah, for sure. Me, uh, me, Brady, and Phil, we sit down for the week. Uh, we go over the lineup that I'll face, and we kind of just sit each guy, like what their tendencies are, are they base runners, power hitters, stuff like that. Um, during the games, though, like when I'm in the dugout watching, I'll, I'll pick up on like some of the swings the guys will take um, if they're chasing – in the dirt, if they're chasing up, stuff like that, just to keep mental notes. So when you faced Greensboro on April 14th, it was maybe your best game of the of the four so far. You threw four shutout innings, mm-hmm. you struck out five. Um, you know, obviously you faced some guys uh, twice, some guys only once, and there might be a couple different guys because it's still early in the year and you're still getting stretched out. Um, but do you try to anticipate in some ways kind of adjustments that – the hitters will make to you because you know, obviously they've seen you and now they're going to try to make some tweaks or do you just approach it like, Hey, I got to do ABC to be successful. I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. I think um, I'm going to go out there tomorrow with my same game. I did uh, against them last time. I think it worked pretty well. Um, I mean, if they make adjustments during the game, I'm going to have to make adjustments during the game as well. So, I mean, it's just kind of one of those games, but I'm going to go out there with the same stuff I brought uh, last time I played them. Uh. So that will be a start number five for you. You know, what, what kind of goals have you set for yourself for the, uh, for the season? Uh, last yeah, year, you pitched um, 54 innings between Clearwater and uh, I guess a couple of rehab games there in uh, GCL. But, you know, what kind of goals have you set for the season in terms of, you know, durability and all that? Yeah, that's uh, probably the biggest thing is I want to, I want to push, push my year a little bit more with innings this year. I want to try to get, probably around 75, 80 innings. So, I mean, last year I got – it was a little unfortunate with the appendix. So, um, I had to take off by a couple months. I was hoping last year to get about 80 innings, but I think this is the year I'm going to do it. All right. So, yeah, so what happened there? Because you, you were out from uh, early May to – back to Clearwater, not till July. Yeah, I had uh, appendicitis. So, I was really? in a – yeah, we were in an away series in Dunedin in mm-hmm. um, low A. And I just had a stomach ache, so I was like, uh, what's wrong? Like, it was bad. It wasn't normal. <laughs> so I went to the trainers, and they told me to go. We went to the hospital, and then they had to take it out that night. What was the so, recovery yeah. like? It was actually – it wasn't that bad. I mean, I was 
obviously the incisions. So we had to make sure those held, uh, healed up fine, but, um, it went smoothly. I was just walking on the treadmill, running on the treadmill, stuff like that. A lot of twisting in the rehab. Yeah. That, so that was what you pitched on May 3rd. So was that a couple of days after that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that's brutal. And it wipes out two yeah. months of a five month season. That's the, you know, that's the, that's the other thing. Yeah. It was unfortunate. That's for sure. So the, you know, the Phillies offer you guys a lot of um, analytical nuggets about your performances, bullpen, the bullpen, obviously start to start. What kinds of things do you try to incorporate into your own self analysis as you prepare for, from go from one start to another? Yeah. Um, we've been working on in like the midweek bullpens with me. I'm trying to, trying to up the volume a little bit. So I've been throwing like 30, 35 pitches in them. Um, first 15, I'll like kind of just, Groove them in there, find the zone. Last 15, I'm really, like, game-like, so I'm trying to, like, up the intensity and fill the zone up while I'm doing that. So I think it's helping me a lot um, throwing game-like with uh, standing hitters in there with finding the zone during the game. Do you look at, you know, velos and spin rates and um, pitch movements and that sort of thing? They have them up during the bullpens. Um, I'm not really – I don't really like to look at them because I just – my goal in bullpens is just uh, throwing strikes and fill out the zone. So if I'm if I'm feeling really good, maybe I'll get a little peek in there. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, some some guys like them and some guys don't. For sure, yeah. When um when you guys come back, it'll be a long two week road trip. Bust down to North Carolina, play a couple games there. Do those those trips take a lot out of you, or or um, how do you handle those, those long rides? And you know, because you didn't really have that many of them in the in the Florida State League. You didn't have any of them like this in the Florida State League. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, they you would think they would drain a lot. Um, I think it's actually it makes it a lot easier with the the whole team being here. I mean, you can do stuff for the team and stuff, but um, it's a long two weeks. But it, when you're there, it doesn't feel too long. So you're having fun. I know you've never played there or been there but the have you heard anything about the ballpark in uh greensboro they i heard it's a nice it. ballpark yeah i heard it's a nice ballpark i got to see just a little bit of it last night when we moved our stuff in um but yeah i, I heard it's a nice ballpark i heard it flies a little bit but shouldn't it be flies a lot about. Yeah, yeah it flies a lot <laughs> keep it keep the ball down um yeah. but no it is a it is a really nice ballpark it's about mm-hmm. i think it's oh five uh it opened somewhere around there but, uh, but yeah. So when, uh, when you were growing up, when did it become, uh, evident to you or apparent to you that you had the ability to be a professional baseball player when you were in high school? Yeah. Um, in high school, uh, I started pitching, um, like my junior, senior summer in summer ball. And, uh, I, I was throwing like mid to high eighties probably, but I mean, that was my first year of like actually pitching. So I was like, Oh, maybe, Maybe pitching is the route I should take. So kept pitching through junior college, played a little bit of defense still um, at first base, but like middle of the year is when I shut that down a little bit and then just started pitching and focusing on that because I knew that was uh, probably my best chance of going pro. How did you end up pitching in the first place? Um, we were, uh, it was at my high school and the pitching coach wanted me to throw a bullpen. Just, he was like, throw a bullpen, like you're tall. You yeah. don't pitch, I don't know why. You got a good arm. Yeah, so I threw a bullpen. It was yeah, it was like mid to high eighties. I wasn't anywhere near the zone, but um, 
he he liked what he saw, so he kept going. So, so that was what so- sophomore year. That was my junior junior year of high school. So you played. So you start the season junior year of high school, and then you, know, you get how many games did you get into as a pitcher? Probably like ten, if that. And they they were closing they were closing innings, so I would have like one inning a time. So you pitched uh, 10, 12 innings, whatever, at in high school as a junior in mm-hmm. high school, and then two years later you're mm-hmm. pitching in junior college, and then at eighteen you get drafted. So that's pre- that's pretty strange. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Yeah. So what was it like when? Uh, how were you following the draft? How was I following the draft? Yeah, were you watching like, it? Were you yeah. home? Yeah. Yeah, we were watching it. It was the second day of the draft, um, and it was early in the morning. We. I don't think it's like televised this part, so we had it connected to the computer, but we had it on the TV. So we had a big, not a big party, but we just had some some family over and stuff like that. But it was it was good. What was it like when you heard your name? Or how did you um, hear? Did you hear your name from? Uh, did did the Phillies call you first? Did Joey call you first, or did you hear it? On I heard the screen? it first on the screen. I mean, I, I got texts kind of about saying "Be ready," like you might hear your name. So. I was watching the TV and yeah, was, we saw, we heard my name on the TV and it was super surreal. Gave my parents a big hug and felt, felt pretty happy about it. How quickly did you sign? Uh, it was, I mean, there wasn't really a question that I wouldn't sign. I was, I saw, I mean, I got drafted, saw what it was for, and then I, I signed the paper. <laughs> and then how quickly were you in Clearwater? Or did you go to Philly um, first or whatever? I went to Philly first. It was, um, I think I had like four days at home after I got after I got drafted, and they shipped me off. Nice, very cool. Yeah. Um. So you got tomorrow morning. Good luck tonight. Uh, appreciate a few minutes, and we will yeah. uh, we'll see you back here next week. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. You might get you might get back to back mornings. You know, we have another we have a morning game next Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> so no worries. <laughs> <laughs> good luck tomorrow. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, actually, yeah. I ask you one more thing. You guys are playing yeah. good. You guys are playing really well now. Mm-hmm. Um, you got off to a bit of a rockier start, but it won, I think, 10 out of 13. Now, how does, mm-hmm. uh, how's the mood been in the, in the clubhouse guys had a big, uh, big series there in Hickory taking four out of six. Yeah, it's been awesome. The, the vibes in the clubhouse have been great. We bought, we bought a new speaker for the clubhouse. So it's really loud in there right now. <laughs> what about that big one that was here, which I think I, I could, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure Alec, that was an Alec Bohm gift. Was it? Bo- yeah. Well, no, he that... bought because he was here in 2019. And I think he bought it uh, and then left it here after he got promoted, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, no, we still have that here for him, but uh, we just got a new one for this year in the meantime. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then the – I know you're you're a pitcher, but how about the that six-home run game on Saturday was was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty fun to two watch. Two guys hit two, Kendall, Kendall and Rickson. Each hit two. Yep. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like watching a home run derby. <laughs> yeah. And then last thing, we had the three rainouts last weekend when the Blue Claws were here against Brooklyn. You were the pitcher all three days where you scheduled started for all three games. None of them none of them got played. So you were probably in the toughest spot because you're prepared. You wake up each day in a row. You have to be ready to ready to pitch. What was that weekend like? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, can't really do much about it. Mother Nature. I mean, it was coming down all week, but yeah. um I just had to stay stay composed. I mean, you never really know when it's going to lighten up and you're going to get to play. So I was just sitting in the clubhouse for three days. I mean, keeping in check with Bowl, just making sure, like, are we playing, are we not playing? But, yeah, that was it was tough whenever we found out we weren't playing every day. 
well, the only good, I guess the good thing was one of them was a night game. One of them was a four o'clock and that they called it like four fifteen or so. And then one of them was a one o'clock that they called it a 10 30 or 11. So it wasn't like you're sitting there all day for three, like all, yeah, it could have been, I guess it could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So did you throw it all on the side? Yeah, I, what did you try uh, to do? So on, let's see, on Saturday was the second game that got canceled. I threw like a super light touch and feel um, in the cages because it was raining. And then on Sunday when the game got canceled again, uh, I threw a bigger bullpen because I wasn't going to throw until Wednesday of the next week. So yeah. I wanted to make it make it more of like a um, simulated like couple innings to keep my arm in check. Did they give you the extra day to, to Wednesday because you had been ready to go and they, they let you let it? let you let it rip a little bit on Sunday. So they gave you the extra day. You know, I'm not positive. They haven't really told me, but I would, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. They tell you what day you're pitching and you say, all right, I'll see you on the mound. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> all right. Gunner. Thanks so much. Uh, did a great job. Hopefully uh, everybody enjoys this and um, good luck on Wednesday. They, people might not hear this till after Wednesday, but hopefully you throw a shutout. All right. Awesome. All thanks, right. Greg. Thanks Gunner. All right. Thanks to Gunnar Mayer for joining us on this week's episode of Hook, Line, and Splitter. Fun interview with uh, with Gunnar, the right-hander, and we look forward to seeing him out of the mound when the Blue Claws return home to play Wilmington this coming week. Baseball fans introducing Bally Live, the only app where minor league baseball fans can score major rewards. When you stream your favorite teams live, you'll score rewards. When you chat with friends during a watch party, you'll score rewards. And when you test your skills at trivia, you'll score rewards. Being a fan of the minor leagues has never been so rewarding. So what are you waiting for? Download Valley Life for free from the App Store or Google Play and start scoring rewards today. You can watch the Blue Claws in Greensboro uh, this week on Valley Live. There was no video available for the series in Hickory last week where the Blue Claws hit uh, a bunch of home runs. We talked about that with, with Gunner. They hit six home runs in the win on Saturday night down there, which was a new team record or tied a team record, including two homers by Rickson Wingrove and two by Kendall Simmons in that ball game. And then Simmons hit another home run on Sunday. He hit another home run on Wednesday. He didn't play Tuesday. So going into the game Thursday night, he had four home runs in his last three Blue Claws appearances, and he is on fire right now. Blue Claws have dropped the first two, taping this part Thursday evening before their game in Greensboro. They dropped the first two in Greensboro. The Blue Claws are actually... 11 and 6 against everybody except Greensboro and 1 and 7 against Greensboro so far this year. The other thing is the Blue Claws have played uh, 25 games so far, 16 on the road and only 9 at home because of three rainouts that they had in Lakewood against Brooklyn April 28th, 29th and 30th. So going into Thursday night, the Blue Claws are the only team in all of minor league baseball to have not yet played 10 home games. Uh, today is May 11th, and the season actually started back on April 7th, and the Blue Claws have only played nine games in Lakewood. But don't worry, it'll even out. Uh, three, uh, six at home next week with Wilmington, then a week in Aberdeen, and then 14 games in 13 days against Brooklyn and Hudson Valley uh, beginning the day after Memorial Day on May 30th. So what's going on in Shortown next week? Well, it'll be a jam-packed week. Six o'clock start on Tuesday because of the 11.05 Education Day game on Wednesday, can't start a game after 6.05 with a morning game the next day. Uh, those are the rules. So 11.05 game Wednesday, and then it gets fun. You have, well, I like the 11.05s, but some people will say, won't say it won't get fun until Thursday. But uh, you'll have the Philly Fanatic here Thursday night, May 18th, 
And then May 19th is Marvel Superhero Night with Black Panther in town for that. There will be a Blue Claws jersey auction. In fact, it's online now. If you go to MILBauctions.com, you can bid on those Black Panther jerseys that the Blue Claws will wear on May 19th. Bidding ends on May 19th at 9 p.m. Saturday, May 20th is Buster's birthday. That's presented by Judge Shaw Injury Law. And we'll have all kinds of stuff there uh, for Buster's birthday, mascot friends, uh, big birthday card to sign, some games and, and other stuff like that. It's also Touch Some Trucks Day with uh, special trucks and vehicles on hand for kids to explore. So that'll be on uh, Saturday at 4.05 game. And then Sunday, May 21st is Bark in the Park, 10 a.m. The fun begins and then that's outside with 95.9 The Rat and 100.1 WJRZ. First pitch, 105. Of course, your dogs are welcome. BlueClaws.com for the tickets, and we'll see you next week. It'll be good to get the Blue Claws back home, as we said, only the nine home games so far this season. So let's get it going. Blue Claws and Wilmington in Short Town on Tuesday. Thanks to our special guest, Gardner Mayer. We are going to have a really special episode uh, which I think you guys are really going to get a kick out of that I'm not going to spoil, but we will air it. Uh, I'm going to try to get it up Monday or Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. We're taping that Friday. Uh, that's going to be an absolute blast. I think you're going to love it. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by Judge Shaw Injury Law. I'm Greg Jambarisi. Blue Claws back home Tuesday. Get your tickets at blueclaws.com. Have a great day, everybody, and go Blue Claws. 